Welcome to the POV Hamilton podcast, where we're talking to innovators, educators, leaders, and builders across the steel city. We have the most diversified economy in Canada, and there are hundreds of stories waiting to be told of the people, the companies, and the organizations making it happen. Here's whose point of view you'll be listening to today. Hi, everyone. I'm Cyrus Tranny. I'm the Chief Digital Officer and Director of Innovation for the City of Hamilton. I have several areas of responsibility in my portfolio, and it's probably not what you might think of under a typical CDO type role. So um, my responsibilities include our, our corporate partnership, corporate initiatives, and we focus on strategic planning and continuous improvement as it relates to the city as a whole. I have a strategic partnerships group, which with, works with various partner stakeholders to promote, you know, community and revenue generation opportunities for the city, you know, generally with corporate partners themselves. And, and that also involves relationship management. Um, I have a really cool program. Uh, all my all my areas are cool, but I have the City Lab Hamilton, which is a great partnership with uh, the city, McMaster University, Mohawk College, and Redeemer University, where projects are matched up with the post-secondary institutions to help deliver on those. And it can be at a, a course level, a graduate level, a capstone project level. And we even have... Um, as part of the city lab, we have an on-site learning space right beside City Hall. Uh, the former City Hall, C CFL Hall of Fame building is now a living classroom. We run a semester in residence program out of there in which students can earn the equivalent of uh, 15 credits or about half a year's worth of uh, uh, academic credits uh, partaking in the semester in residence program. On the digital and innovation side, I have our open data program. I have overall responsibility for you know a broadband um, advocacy. I have our smart and connected communities and innovation portfolio. On the innovation side, you know, part of my role is helping to promote and recognize the culture of innovation and, and the work that happens, you know, across a wide array of city departments and divisions. So it's a really broad sort of, I guess, mandate, you could call it that. And it's delivered with just over a team of eight. So I have two plus an intern that is part of City Lab. Uh, two staff that are a part of our corporate partnerships, one in corporate initiatives, and sort of three, including myself and the digital innovation uh, side of the house. And we're small and motivated and, and diverse team. Um, so again, it's not very typical, but it's very exciting because it allows uh, my team and I to cross a whole variety of, of areas within the city and interact both with external uh, stakeholders, private companies, uh, com community uh, partners, etc. In terms of how it came about, it, it predates me a little. And my understanding is that the role kind of evolved out of some of the work that was happening to support the mayor's intelligent community task force. And, and that resulted sort of in, in the creation of a CDO role that originally had responsibility just like for our smart communities, open data and city lab areas. And I think it was that recognition that, you know, when you're talking about innovation and or technology, there's sort of operational technology that the city runs on but then when there's people that are interested in knocking on the city's door to explore opportunities there really isn't that front door and that evolved sort of into the the cdo role and has since been expanded to the portfolio that i outlined um, as well as the role of, of director of innovation the exciting and cool is always awesome but i also think you know if we talk at a municipal level right sometimes we move at a slightly our our 
overall tolerance for risk is a little bit, you know, it's taxpayer dollar money. We are, you know, the mentality of failing and learning fast isn't, isn't always there. So uh, on the practical side, like I've been at the city a little over two years and I've in that time, obviously, you know, I've seen our council move to fully virtual. I've seen the ability for uh, the public to delegate to council virtually in the past, you'd have to take time off work, you know, get to city hall, sit in council chambers, wait for your turn, speak. And, and now you can really be part of the democratic process literally anywhere in the world. And, and I know that's very common to other municipalities, but, you know, I, I then look at our, our HSR transit group. They have released, a, you know, a new app in that time to enhance the customer experience. Our parking group introduced, you know, pay by phone. So now you don't need to fumble with change. You can just uh, pay by phone. Our, our fire department worked with our uh, spatial solutions and data services team, and they brought 30 services online so people could more easily interact with some of the services they provide. Our customer service centers have added, you know, omni-channel support via email and, and online services like uh, marriage licenses. And, you know, even due to the pandemic, like if you think about it, we're, you know, over 7,600, we're like a fairly large corporation and pivoting to provide things like remote work and um, uh, all the tools that are associated with that to support staff. We have about, I think, 1,800 people at, at, at peak we're working remotely. You know, we have a massive project on the go currently to completely replace and upgrade our website because we've seen such huge adoption as the website of being a primary source of information along with our social media channels that uh, it, it needs a refresh to be as effective as possible to get citizens where they want and the information that they want. Um, we've seen divisions create like amazing dashboards like our public health COVID dashboard. Uh, that's all come out of using you know, business intelligent tools uh, and evolving those and making them publicly facing. Our traffic operations team has done some great work on their Vision Zero dashboard. Um, we've developed some real-time reporting as it relates to kind of our waste overflow systems. And we even launched a citizen, digital citizen engagement platform. We've had, I think, an order of magnitude of 55,000 visitors in the last year across a wide range of projects. I don't know the exact number, but it's like 45 plus. Um, and you know, if you think about the pandemic restrictions, our ability as public servants to continue to engage with citizens is, is huge. And that last one is really exciting because I think it's going to, it has created a channel by which we can continue to complement when we do go back to say things like in-person engagement, which cities do a lot of, we now also have this digital channel to get that feedback and, and meet the needs of our citizens in terms of how they expect to interact. You know, if, if you want me to talk about the cool kind of my inner geek speaking, you know, I'd pick some of the pilots. We're doing a, a really two cool pilots around the AI-based IoT image recognition and real-time data collection solution within our waste division and our traffic groups. You know, the first is, is really about a, a device that's mounted and, and can recognize things so it can count things like recycling bins and talk about waste participation rates and identify assets in real time. Uh, and their location and road conditions and things like that. And then our traffic group is using that same technology uh, to explore doing inventory of their our speed signs and uh, hazard signs automatically where you're taking the human out of it and you're using you know, um, learning and visual learning AI tools to be able to create real-time inventory of, of assets. And then even our air quality group, they have a, a pilot right now where they're using a, a mobile air quality uh, testing solution and they're and the it's being driven through a predefined route uh, through the city to collect air quality in real time 
throughout the entire route um, and over various times of days of the week to create that bigger picture. What does how does air quality change in the region of study uh, in real time over a certain period? Uh, as opposed to just having, you know, fixed mobile monitoring stations and things like that. So uh, those are, it's a, it's a pro full spectrum, I think, across when we talk about innovation, um, in, in my opinion, especially on the digital side and the evolution of digital service channels and things like that. I think, you know, Hamilton's unique in, in, in many ways, and, and especially like we're the ninth largest city or region in Canada, you know, over half a million. Uh, but with that said, there's that long kind of history of, of collaboration and everyone sort of knows each other. So if you think about Hamilton has what's called HALE, like the Hamilton Anchor Institution's leadership, and they meet regularly across various working tables to discuss, you know, common areas of interest, right? Then there's good partnerships with the city's economic development group and institutions like Innovation Factory or our regional innovation center, you know, the Center for Integrated Transportation and Mobility. Uh, which is part of the Ontario Vehicle Innovation Network. You know, even, um, you know, if you think about Hamilton's involvement, we, I was involved in, in the judging that occurred for our, our bid for the intelligence uh, community. And even that forum recognized Hamilton and saying, wow, you know, we brought 15 different entities just to present and sell and pitch Hamilton and why it's an intelligent community. And they were really impressed around the breadth of partnerships that we, we bring. You know, I chair a smart city communities working group and we have members from McMaster, Mohawk and other community partners. We, we meet every other month and, and really we, we exchange information sometimes is the main main goal. So we are aware of what's happening in each other's areas of expertise and look for our opportunities. So it's those uniqueness of those collaborations and that they occur sort of a, across a broad breadth of um, partners and, and agencies and institutions, which I think it really speaks to that sort of cooperation, cooperative attitude uh, here in, in Hamilton across the various uh, ecosystem members. Yeah, so I think, you know, Hamilton's uh, participated, I think, three times and twice we uh, came in the top seven for the intelligent uh, communities uh, forum, you know, and, and in partnership with some very large cities. Um, I think last time, you know, we, we just missed it is my gut feel. We don't get a final uh, ranking. We I think we lost out to Tallinn, Estonia, uh, to be honest. But I, I think it's, again, this this idea that we try to solve problems and, and bring together various angles and things. So it's not the city just going off in a corner working on something. So, you know, I'll mention like Hale, for example, like Hale has an EDI working group. So here we have representation from education, healthcare, city, you know, um, some of our larger businesses all coming together to talk about a topic like EDI, right? That, and that's just one example. Now that might not be technology innovation or digital innovation per se, but it's still this idea of, of collaboration across multi-sector uh, that helps maybe foster some of these seed ideas that then grow and become sort of unique to Hamilton and, and how we approach and do things. Yeah, so we're talking specifically about sort of remote work. I think this hybrid digital in-person experience in some capacity is now entrenched and, and it's here to stay. So as far as remote work, you know, a lot of great work was done by our, our HR team at the city and, and endorsed by council for something called Hamilton at Work. And it basically outlines four different work models that exist in the city. And, and they now include fully remote and hybrid 
and that will continue to be retained. Uh, I think that's important because it will continue to retain and attract talent to the city. Like worker mobility is huge. You know, there's talk about the great worker exodus. Um, so the city needed to and has adapted to work pra practices uh, on the digital infrastructure side. You know, I think the city has undertaken like a large scale expansion of its own internal uh, connectivity. Uh, we upgraded over during the duration of the pandemic, like 150 sites. Uh, that were connected across the city locations and increased speeds uh, available at the city locations to make sure we're re ready for the future expansion of, of, of how we deliver our services. For example, the libraries uh, had a tenfold increase in their connection speed. Uh, we saw the libraries expanding their Wi-Fi coverage to high priority locations, not only on the interior, but also on the exterior. Uh, I'm working on a project to bring connectivity to some additional parks and public spaces because we recognize the need for uh, connectivity across the community and especially some of those challenges that it uh, presents when you know all your facilities are shut down. There, there's I think about 70 locations and city facilities where you can go and get uh, internet, for example, inside the facilities, whether it's rec centers or arenas, et cetera. Um, but we need to kind of continue to, to grow that. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, on the digital infrastructure side that you alluded to, a large portion of my work is around advocacy for broadband investment uh, by both level of governments here in the city, whether that's providing letters of support or advocacy positions. We've seen uh, a lot of funding opportunities come in uh, to various telcos and ISPs to expand connectivity. And, and we know that's important, right, whether it be rural connectivity uh, or urban connectivity or supporting remote work, uh, remote education, uh, that adds all value sort of to the, the economic uh, growth that we can see in the region. You know, that's on top of the existing $400 million Bell project that's gonna bring fiber to the home for over 100,000 properties, uh, as well as enhance wireless uh, to the home services for some of our more rural areas. But, you know, there's still lots to be done. We, we know we did a broadband survey that I, I ran and uh, we know in urban areas, our average speeds like 49 uh, megabits uh, down and 10 up, whereas our rural areas are 7-1. So there's a huge disparity there that still needs to be addressed. And, and hopefully through the investments that we're seeing at the federal and provincial level, um, that'll come to light. And I think on the digital service side, we've seen this evolution of thinking, at least I've seen it around, you know, maybe traditionally service delivery was around, okay, you can call, you can email, you can come in person. And that's totally evolved now to like, you know, can, are there opportunities to do things virtually like through video or text or digital assistance, whether it be, you know, I don't want to say chat bots are the, the key, but you know, other channels and, and um, digital voice assistance, things like that, I think is going to continue to rapidly evolve because people have seen that there's adoption and we kind of fast tracked that acceptability of, you know, digital service delivery, making things available 24 seven and that expectation. You know, I'll point out to one cool project that was uh, between City Housing Hamilton and Hamilton Community Enterprise or HCE Telecom, which is a city, uh, it's owned by the city where they were retrofilling a social housing building and they put in technology as a pilot to allow all the residents to have access to internet basically as a one payer model. So it's, it's covered within the rent portion. So the people aren't having to uh, spend a disproportionate amount of their income to get connected. It, it's all, all in as, as part of the, um, the tenant offering, which is great. Uh, and even I represent Hamilton, for example, on the, the GTHA Digital Infrastructure Working Group. Uh, and we've been tasked sort of to identify key policy areas to improve digital connectivity in the entire region across the GTHA and bringing that sort of common vision and, and policy 
guidance to the federal and provincial governments. And, and one of the working groups that I sit on specifically is focused on digital equity. And I think especially with this rapid shift to online service delivery for practically everything, if you think about ordering food, getting your, uh, you know, ebooks from the library or accessing services or accessing uh, government subsidy programs, everything, you know, getting reminders about automatic renewals for your licenses and things like that. that's happening at the pro your license stickers or your health card, you know, it all relies on being connected. So I'm happy that to be involved in telling the story and advocacy around digital equity and digital connectivity through this digital infrastructure working group that, that we sit on as well. Well, I think there's some work, uh, it's still fledgling work happening around, you know, shaping up uh, a transportation innovation hub, it may not be called that, but in here in, in Hamilton, uh, through the Center for Integrated Transportation Mobility and in partnership with the city and, and various other partners, I, I, I think that's exciting. Um, I think also looking forward, um, some of the innovation that hap is happening in our, you know, key sectors, like if you think about the announcement around um, green steel that's being made and some of that innovation around GHG reductions through evolving our steel production and advanced manufacturing, right? If you think about, you know, what's happening in the health sciences and life sciences regions here, we have two large hospital systems that are, uh, one is already on and the other is moving to one of, you know, a leading electronic medical records, the ability for them to talk and deliver digital health, right? You know what, we have the education sector through McMaster and Mohawk. So those aren't really maybe specific, but I think it all adds to that whole, you know, stakeholder environment in the city that is really driving some exciting work uh, going forward across various sectors. And, you know, then you add on to that innovation factory, you add on McMaster Innovation Park, and, and it just all fits together really well, I think. Definitely like evolving uh, how we deliver services as a city is, is going to rapidly change going, going forward. Um, and I think that's you know, partly due to the adoption of, of technologies because of COVID. But if I look broader, like things that excite me, and, and some of them aren't necessarily specific to digital or, or innovation, but I think they will bring sort of those things together in some capacity, you know, like the LRT. I know potentially divisive topic, but in terms of advancing our you know, GHG reductions in the transit sector and the development and growth it will bring to the city, I think is pretty exciting. You know, other communities have seen that as a result of their LRT projects, and I, and I can't see why that won't happen in, in Hamilton. So think about that 14 kilometer corridor at the heart of the city being, you know, redeveloped with, with a modern transportation system, and then the connectivity that will occur coming into it from, uh, you know, radio bus connections. You think about the West Harbor development and some pretty exciting things that are happening around new public spaces, right adjacent to some awesome, you know, parklands that are already uh, existing and the vibrancy that it'll bring to the Harbor District. Um, I think the ongoing and continued development of McMaster Innovation Park is going to be exciting. We have the redevelopment that's going to be occurring around the downtown entertainment district. You know, we're kind of right in the heart of this large population base and, uh, you know, Hamilton um, coming to its own sort of around these various things. We, we've seen sort of that large exodus from, from Toronto and, and Toronto and Hamilton has so much to offer, whether it be the art scene or like the food scene and this, this innovation scene or the um, creative technologies scene. And, and, you know, who knows, maybe 
you know, if, if things, uh, there's a Commonwealth Games bid, who knows what's going to happen with that, but there's potential there. Like, I, I would be great to be part of a city that's involved in a Commonwealth Games and, and me and my, my family and I attending that. That's pretty cool. I remember the, the racing events and some of the other events that have come in the past. So I think all of those things, you kind of bundle them together and it's just, uh, it, it's pretty exciting uh, as a whole. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And please consider rating and reviewing as it helps others to find the show. For more information or to listen to past episodes, go to povhamilton.com.